Hello and welcome to the Fuel and Thrive podcast. I'm Meg, also known as Fit Foodie Feed on Instagram, and I'll be bringing you weekly discussions about all things health and fitness. My goal is to equip you with the knowledge and the confidence to make empowered decisions so that you can achieve the results that you've always wanted whilst living a happy life. So without further ado, here is today's episode. Q&A today, got a few good questions. Um, I am, yeah, I'm excited to share some of these because I feel like they are um, regular, regularly asked questions and a few of them are going to help in the run up to Christmas and things like that. So first question, in fact, I'll tell you what questions we're going to do. So um, is creatine worth it and would you recommend it? And then we've got things to think about and reflect on when you're over your calories and thinking fluff it and I'm going to say fluff it because I just go funny when I swear on uh, in front of people <laughs> not in person anyway um and third question is how long to stay on a workout plan and fourth question is about training fasted and whether you should do it whether there is any detrimental effects or um yeah any consequences so first question is creatine worth it and would you recommend it and the answer is yes, I would. It is an excellent, well-researched supplement. Um, basically, what a um, what creatine does is it improves the body's ability to generate ATP, which is adenosine triphosphate, which is the body's pre- preferred source of energy. Um, so it's really beneficial for like high power output things, so like strength training, high intensity style training, sprinting, things like that. Um, but the way it works, it, it does draw water into your muscle cells. So um, you will probably experience some water retention if you do start taking creatine. This is fine. It doesn't matter. And actually, if you don't get a bit of water retention when you start taking creatine, it's probably a bit of a sign that it's not really working as it should do. So there, are, I think there are some like creatine. And when I talk about creatine, I'm referring to creatine monohydrate, which is the, the only one I just kind of recommend Um and I would suggest taking it in powder form. I did look at the um, like creatine gummies, the little sweets that you can take. But um, on my protein, they are expensive for one. I work with my protein, but I will just say they are too expensive. Um, and uh, you have to take something like eight per day, which is ridiculous. So even though the gummies are quite nice tasting, <laughs> like little sweets, um, I wouldn't recommend that. I would just say to go for the cheaper option, which is just powder. Um, it's really easy to take. You need three to five grams per day. Um, some websites and stuff like that will recommend a loading phase. I don't think it's really necessary personally. I think just start taking three to five grams per day. It will cause a bit of water retention, but it's not all about the scale weight, you know, and it doesn't matter. And as long as you've got that in your head, then you can kind of just disregard that a little bit. Um, So yeah, three to five grams per day. Don't bother with a loading phase. Um, There is also lots of research suggesting that it does improve like brain function as well, like cognitive um, abilities, which is really interesting. And I don't know a lot about it, to be honest, but um, I did read something and it was saying that for vegetarians, particularly the brain functioning side of things could improve because um, you can get some creatine in your diet from things like red meat, fish, um, yes, some some other things, but generally places that, you know, animal sources. Um, So for vegetarians who would get less naturally in their diet, you might not have enough that it kind of benefits your cognitive function. So it might even benefit you brain-wise, you know, things like memory and um what you yeah you know other kind of things that um are like reaction times things like that um you could see benefits with that when taking creatine so 
I would say it's well worth doing. I have taken creatine in the past. I'm not at the moment, but I'm going to start because this has reminded me to start again. <laughs> but um, the reason I actually stopped the second time that I took it, so I took it for almost the best part of a year. I think then I went on holidays or maybe ran out or something, so stopped taking it for a while. Um, then when I went to start it again, I actually found that I got headaches, which could be because of hydration. So I would say to be mindful of that and to drink more water um, just because it does draw muscle uh, water into your muscle cells. So it's probably good to kind of be more aware of hydration. Um, now, I don't know if my headaches were to do with that or not. It could have been other factors affecting it and it could just so happen. But I basically stopped taking it and I wouldn't say headaches went away because I, I am prone to getting headaches, particularly when I was on the pill. So that's another reason for me coming off that. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. It, it's just worth considering. But I did do quite a lot of Googling around it at the time and a bit of research into it. Um, and it doesn't seem like a common symptom. So I think for you know, not 95% of people, creatine is a great supplement. It will help you to, it doesn't inherently build your muscles, but it will help you to lift heavier and perform better, which obviously is what contributes to muscle growth. So um, if it enables you to push a little bit harder in your workouts, um, it will lead to further muscle protein breakdown um, and it will help to improve recovery, which will help with the repairing and rebuilding and regrowth of your muscles. Um, so yes, it will help to build strength. It will help to build um, muscles, muscle size and um, potentially improve brain performance. So I'd say it's well worth a go. It is also pretty cheap. Um, there's so much research into it. It is a very safe, well-researched supplement. I remember when I first heard about it and my boyfriend was actually taking it and I was like, but but what is it? Like, what are you putting in your body? But there's so, it's so well-researched, so there's no kind of worries around that side of things. Um, so, yeah, I would say if you've never tried it before and you're into your lifting, give it a go and let me know the benefits. I'm interested to hear. Um, you know, there's obviously going to be the odd person that it doesn't benefit and, you know, but, you know, it could just be placebo for some people as well. But generally, the scientific research and stuff does show that it is beneficial. So um, I would 100% recommend it to pretty much anyone. And even if you do, um, sorry, I will stop on this question in a minute. But even if you do have a break from training, I don't think you necessarily need to stop taking creatine because it will be beneficial for you whether you're training really hard or not. And if you're going to come back to your training especially, then it is well worth continuing with it. Um, so yes, if you do experience a little bit of bloating or a little bit of water retention to the point where it's not worth it, then obviously it's probably not worth it. But if you don't notice any side effects that bother you, um, then all good. I'd say go for it. Um, and it is pretty cheap as well. So second question, things to think about or reflect on when you're over calories and thinking fluff it. <laughs> fluff it. Fluff it mode. I've spoken about this mode, this way of thinking or oh god this doesn't work if I don't swear but the fuck it bucket <laughs> I've like people talk about this a lot I talk about this a lot like I feel like this is a regular weekly occurrence in my check-ins weekly conversations about this fluff it mode <laughs> um so basically if you go over calories or just for whatever reason you slip into this fluff it mode and you end up overeating that day for whatever reason um now this is where you've got to just think rationally and basically stop being ridiculous. So many people will eat, so many people will eat like 
100 or 200 calories over their daily goal, assuming that the goal is weight loss here. Um, so many people eat 100 or 200 calories above their goal and then think, oh, I've ruined it. I might as well go into fluff it mode and eat everything inside. That is ridiculous. That is literally like when you get a little crack in your phone and you decide to smash it all up or you get a nail in your tire so you slash the whole thing like it is ridiculous it is self-sabotage and you don't need to do it you can still make progress if you go over your calorie goal sometimes okay so if you go over your calorie goal by like 100 or 200 calories that is a negligible amount obviously if you do it daily then it's going to end up bringing you out of your deficit or bringing that you have a calorie goal for a reason so you don't want to be going over by 100 or 200 calories on a daily basis but if it happens once or twice a week it's really not going to make much difference it's going to be if you divide that up across the week it's going to be like I don't know an extra 50 calories on your day on your weekly average intake which is not a lot now if you are on a very strict diet you're towards the end of the diet then it could have more of an impact than if it's kind of early days and you go in for more of a long-term sustainable um deficit but it's not it, it's a negligible amount and it's not going to have a huge impact and you've got to remember like some things to kind of go through in your head when you are needing a bit of rationality is that a word rational thinking i don't know but if you need to kind of just think a little bit rationally about it just think your body is very efficient at using extra energy so if you do get the odd the one-off extra 100 or 200 calories from somewhere your body will um respond and probably just use that energy and put it towards a good workout you know it's not going to inherently cause fat gain but what does cause fat gain if if is if people if this happens regularly and it can slip into these kind of binge restrict cycles which we do not want we want to avoid that at all cost um so if you this is the analogy that I used on my story the other day so I was waffling on on my stories the other day on Instagram about Susan <laughs> so I, the kind of analogy that I gave right is Susan is currently trying to eat 1800 calories and that is a 400 calorie deficit for Susan right so that is like almost a pound a week fat loss but 500 calories deficit per day is uh one pound per week fat loss technically speaking okay so say she's in a 400 calorie deficit so just under a pound a week perhaps if we're if it was just that simple and that linear which it's not but let's say it is for this um so susan is consuming 1800 calories per day right so one day she's she sticks with 1800 calories every day across the week but one day she goes out for a curry on a wednesday night for her sister's birthday and she consumes 3000 calories right which is very easily done if you have a curry and all the works with an arm bread and rice and a, a few beers or whatever it is <laughs> glass of wine um it's very easy to consume around 3000 calories which sounds very scary to a lot of people but yes anyway so susan consumes 3000 calories on one day but what she has done is had six days eating 1800 calories so that is a 400 calorie deficit you remember me saying so six times 400 is 2400 calories right so she is already like minus 2400 calories from where her maintenance calories would be. She's already in quite a hefty deficit across the week. If she has one day that is 800 calories above her maintenance, remembering that her maintenance is not 1800, her maintenance is 2200. So if she has 3000, that's 800 calories above her maintenance. So if we kind of add that 800 calories to the minus 2400 calories, so we're kind of com combining the deficit across the six days with the surplus from one day, then that still leaves her at 
1,600 calorie deficit across the week. So she's still in a deficit and 1,600 calories. So that is around just under half a pound of fat. So you can still be making progress there. They, people say that 3,500 calories is one pound of fat. So 1,600, just under half of that, right? So she would still be in a deficit, even though she's had one day where she's thought, oh, no, I've ruined everything. But if you do stick to your goal the rest of the time, it's unlikely that it's going to tip you up above your maintenance calories into a surplus. So you're not going to gain weight. It might look like you gain weight on the scales because, you know, having 3000 calories worth of food is likely to be like it's going to fill up it's going to kind of fill a lot of space in your stomach it's going to have a lot of carbs and salt likely which is going to kind of cause a bit more water retention so yes you will be heavier on the scales you won't see the fat loss but the fat loss will still be happening if you are in a deficit the other six days across the week so just remembering Susan's story <laughs> Susan is an artificial character by the way <laughs> just remembering Susan's story is um a good way of getting you just think getting you just to think next time you are slipping into fluff it mode and thinking I might as well eat everything or if if it has happened already and you're reflecting on it um whether it's happened intentionally or by accident and you've kind of if, if it's intentionally fine like it's probably a planned occasion or whatever um if it's a accidental circumstance it's probably worth just reflecting on it thinking about it and learning from it and it's fine to do that you know this does happen and slip-ups I don't like to call them slip-ups but you know what would, what most people would describe as a slip-up it does happen all, all the time and we've just got to not beat ourselves up for it but just think about it think about why it might have happened um whether it's coming from a place of being too restricted or um you know, just reflecting on it, which is why it's good to have these check-ins with me or with a coach in general, because it's a chance to reflect on those kind of things that do happen or, you know, don't happen. <laughs> um, so yes, it will cause a spike, spike on the scales, but it will not cause fat gain. Um, so it is important to consider this on the run in the run-up to question. Christmas gosh I can't speak today it's important to consider this kind of thing in the run-up to Christmas because there will be lots of social occasions and situations where you might need to eat above your maintenance calories or above your prescribed calorie goal um so it's important to remember those kind of things um my advice would be if you do stick to a deficit of around 500 calories below your maintenance on the days that you're able to even if there's two even three days per week where you're above that it's probably still going to balance out a maintenance or a slight deficit okay so um yeah as long as you're kind of controlling your food intake and sticking to the goal on more days than you're not then it's likely that you're not going to sabotage your um progress um so i would say uh it's it's obviously a good idea sometimes to kind of cycle calories Typically, most people will eat a little bit more at the weekend and be fine with eating a little bit less in the week. As long as it doesn't become too extreme and become overindulge at the weekend, over-restrict in the week, then I think that is absolutely fine. And I think for most people, that works. And it means that you can afford to be a little bit more relaxed over the weekend and um, enjoy any sort of social plans. Obviously, if it is also absolutely fine to have... Um, a salad on a Saturday and a pizza on a Wednesday but just saying that is what generally works for most people's lifestyles but I would tend to say about the 20% rule so 20% below your goal so if 1800 is your goal 20% below that 
uh, is well, 20% of 1,800 is 360. So if we kind of take that off the goal, then I would say 1,440. So 1,400-ish calories is the absolute lowest that you want to be going. So if you are kind of borrowing calories from the week for weekends or borrowing calories for social situations throughout the year or around Christmas time, I would say don't go below 20% below your goal. Um that's borderline ridiculous and silly and not sustainable and toddler portion sizes <laughs> so um yeah think of the 20 percent rule um when you are kind of juggling calories around but you can view it as money and if you've got if 2000 is your goal and you've got sorry i'm just writing this down it helps me to think um so you've got seven days across the week and you've got 2,000 calories, say, is your goal. Uh, that's like 14,000 for the week. Um, you can divide that how you want. You can divide it into maybe like 1,600 Monday to Thursday and then maybe Friday to Sunday. You might go a bit higher. It is just worth considering that water retention and that um, extra food in your body that is going to make you a little bit heavier on the scale. So I would actually say for the month of December if you've got lots of social plans and you do find that you struggle to kind of look at the scale weight and not be affected by it might be a good idea just to not weigh over that time and just to stick with your goal as much as possible um anyway that question was not even about Christmas and I've totally gone on a ramble but um yeah the moral of that story is just to get a grip of yourself stop being ridiculous stop self-sabotaging and move past it um and learn from it so yes Question number three. Question number three. How to how long to stay on a workout plan? So this is rele relevant for people in the group that uh, will be finishing in the next week or two, next couple of weeks, um, and whether you should kind of continue with your workout program from that. It also flagged up to me when I started this group that um, not everyone knows that you should kind of stick with the same workout plan for a given number of weeks and you should not be switching your program week on week um lots of people think that you need to be doing something different every session to stimulate your muscles or to um keep it exciting and keep your muscles guessing this is not true this is such a myth um you need to be sticking to a workout plan to be able to see progress and to be able to make progress really because doing random exercises or um new exercises when it's a new stimulus on your body you're gonna get sore like this is why i tend to say to people the first week of your workout program you want to take it a bit easy maybe work around 70 percent of your usual weights because um yes you will get sore <laughs> the doms will be real um so yes i would say work around 70 percent the first week second week you can start pushing and start up in the weights but it will be a time where you need to be making sure that form is on point and that you are performing the exercises with the with the correct technique because if it is new exercises you will need to be making sure that you are performing the exercises correctly in order to um be doing them safely and to be you know maximizing the amount of stimulus that you can get from those particular movements um so i would say first couple of weeks even the first three weeks perhaps you're just figuring it out you get into grips with the form um and yes just kind of starting to build up the weight and then around week three week four is when you can start really focusing on building the weight and applying progressive overload which is either increasing the weight sets reps or maybe even decreasing rest times or increasing the intensity but generally i would say the best forms for progressive overload are improving increasing the weights and i'm not talking five ten kilogram jumps i'm talking literally like 
if you're doing a squat or a deadlift like 1.25 or 2.5 kilogram jumps um so yes you want to be um progressing the weight increasing the the weight or um i've lost my trail of thought or um increasing the number of reps so sticking within the prescribed rep range but increasing the reps so that and then once you've kind of got to the top end of the rep range then you can up the weights again um so that is how how we kind of improve and progress um and the way to kind of see the progress in that is to do the same workouts each week whether that's two per week three per week six per week you know I generally say the sweet spot's probably around four per week um but obviously that depends massively on um the person and the uh your lifestyle um but yeah i would say you want to be on a program for a minimum of six weeks and i would say anywhere up to about 12 weeks some trainers would have you on the same program for up to like 16 weeks but i would say 12 weeks is probably the maximum that's probably when you start to get a little bit bored and you need to change it up just for enjoyment purposes your recovery might start to be compromised and it's probably where the kind of maximal adaptation will will occur you know if you're consistently working on your squat for 12 weeks um i would probably say to have a deload week at some point in the middle there as well but if you're consistently working weekly on the same movement you might kind of get to a point where you're really struggling to improve and you need to switch it up perform a similar version of the movement but a slightly different um exercise um and then come back to it again in the next kind of cycle of your training so um yeah i would say after this eight week block maybe do another few weeks on your training plan if you're feeling like you can um and then you'd probably want to switch it up um but when i say switch it up you're still going to keep the core movements in there you might not always have a squat in your program but you will have a squatting pattern so you might have a leg press or you might have like a sumo squat or a smith machine squat or a goblet squat you know you're going to keep the same kind of movement patterns in your workouts and you should always have some sort of squat unless you have an injury like every training program I've ever done will always have a squat pattern in it it will always have like a vertical press a vertical pull so a vertical press being like a shoulder press an overhead press um it will always have a vertical pull so some sort of pull down or pull up um you'll always have a horizontal push which would be like a press up a bench press a, a dumbbell bench press you know um or perhaps a ver and a vertical pull so uh, not a vertical horizontal pull <laughs> so maybe like a bent over row or a cable row or a seated wide grip row or something like that um and then you will also have some sort of hinging so some sort of deadlift as well and i would just say that's kind of what makes up a successful overall balanced training program um yeah, they're kind of your basics. And then you have your isolation exercises or accessory movements as well on top of that. Um, but generally that is what makes a well-rounded training programme. Um, so yeah, I think I answered the question of how long to stay on a workout plan. I would say between six to 12 weeks. That's my answer, <laughs> depending on enjoyment, recovery, etc. Um, and the final question I'm going to answer is um, about training fasted. So this is more a topic rather than a specific question. So some people will say, it depends on your goal, of course, but some people will say that to burn fat and to be losing fat, it is good to train fasted. This is a load of rubbish, to be honest. You, I mean, it's not a load of rubbish, actually. It's kind of true, but not true. You will burn more fat when you have less glycogen stores, and glycogen comes from carbohydrates. So if, when your body's not utilising carbohydrates for exercise, it will burn fat. It will use your fat stores. But this does not mean that you are you know, losing body fat. <laughs> it is not a correlation. It sounds like it should be, but it's not. 
Um, if that was the case, like you would only eat fat, right? <laughs> um, if yeah, you would just eat loads of fats and then burn loads of fats, but that's not the case. Um, so it is. I would say it's down to personal preference. So if you are someone that really enjoys training on an empty stomach, you feel more comfortable, you feel like you can push in your exercises, you can train at higher intensity because maybe eating just before a workout or eating, you know, close to a workout makes you feel a little bit sick, fine. Eat, you know, train without eating before it. But I would say, and this is obviously typically aimed at people that eat in the morning, if you're if you're training fasted at 4pm, we need words. <laughs> but no, assuming that you're training in the morning, and um, you are not someone that likes to eat before your workout, that's fine. You know, it's not optimal. I would say eating something is going to improve performance. But if, if you know, if that is what works for you, that's what helps you to get into the gym and that's what helps you to get your workout done and feeling pretty good, then it's fine. You know, you, you're still going to be able to make progress. Um, it is, though, it is ultimately less optimal, less beneficial. And if if we're considering ourselves as elite athletes, you would eat before you're training. I would actually say if training fasted is your preference, um, get a good like carby, carby heavy meal the night before just so that your body's got those glycogen stores to to use in your training. Um, but yeah, that the reason it is less beneficial is just because of less glycogen availability. Um, so yeah, having a bit of food will improve your performance and improve the muscle protein synthesis. It will improve your ability to to um build muscle essentially um so a bit of carbs and protein would be ideal so this could be something like um a yogurt with some berries you know you've got a bit of protein from the yogurt and then you've got some um carbs from your berries it could be um it could just be like a banana and some peanut butter it could be a quick bowl of cereal you know there's lots of kind of like things that you could go for or even just you know, worst case scenario, grabbing like a serene or saurian bar or a squares bar or something that's just going to give you a quick hit of carbs um, because that is kind of like the most essential thing for your training. But um, again, it is down to personal preference and it's down to what works for you. I would really struggle to train fasted. However, I think I'd be fine to do like a gentle run fasted or a, a brisk walk. Um, but I think for, for weight training and for pushing you know, pushing your weights up and really focusing on like, uh, you know, what am I even trying to say? Like pushing hard with the weights and lifting heavy. Um, you're going to want, personally, I want a bit of food in my stomach that I train much better with, with, um, some food behind me. But again, it's, it's what works for your lifestyle. And if, if it seems like too much of a pain to be eating first thing in the morning or you feel a bit sick first thing in the morning um it might just work for you to be training fasted so personal preference optimal optimal training and the most kind of beneficial option would be to have a little something before your training um but yeah not absolutely essential i would say um so yeah i think that's all i need to mention but i hope you all have a great rest of the week um i will be back with another q a next week um either Monday or Thursday depending on demand so if people have some questions um, pop them in the box at the top of the page and if not then I will wait till Thursday and I will squeeze some questions out of somebody and um, I'll talk about some random topics that I pluck out of thin air. So yeah have a good rest of the week and I will speak to you all soon.